0: And then that only leaves your mental prep. And so the physical work, as I mentioned earlier, it's largely done. You've completed your training. Um, Now it's up to you to get your head in the right space so that you can execute on all the hard work that you've been putting in. Welcome to Renegade Performance Radio, where we help everyday people like yourself to become fitter, stronger, faster, well-rounded and fulfilled athletes. Through the lessons, failures, and success we have achieved over the past 10 years on our journey as CrossFit Games athletes and now coaches. How to approach the week before a competition. The most important thing that you can do before comp week is to make sure that you look good. So that means get a haircut, so boys get in a nice fresh fade, uh, extra close, Ladies, fake tan, getting your nails done and making sure that you've got all of your outfits picked out. I joke, but some of you are probably going to get that done. And if it makes you feel good by looking good, then that's going to help you perform good, then I'm all for it. And I've actually seen some pretty funny things in my time um, as far as getting ready for a comp goes. So the classic ones are like fake tans gone wrong. Um, But I've seen gym logos shaved into people's heads. Um, And probably the worst sort of pre-comp preparation that I've seen um, is the CrossFit Games 2015 logo tattooed into a guy's bicep. And uh, so that is just full commitment to comp prep. And so if anyone wants to get the Renegade logo tattooed on their body somewhere that can be seen i'm willing to pay for that you heard it here it's going to be recorded it's on record i'll pay for the tattoo but that's not what this chat is actually about this chat is about how to get yourself ready for uh, an event a big event particularly or any event so we've got team nationals coming up individual nationals shortly after but literally any event that is coming up in the future And funny things tend to happen to athletes the week before a comp, and this happens to me, um, and it's happened to me lots of times, and competition anxiety kicks in, and every small niggle or ache or pain that you have might flare up. Um, Some athletes feel like they need to get all of their fitness in the week before a comp and start working harder than they've worked the entire year whereas some other athletes are so worried about being tired for the competition that's coming up that they remove themselves completely from training altogether and do almost absolutely nothing whereas the sweet spot is somewhere between the two and so let's start by breaking down what uh, we recommend an ideal or week of training would look like going into an event so If you're competing on um, Saturday and Sunday, uh, Monday and Tuesday would be pretty much normal days of training. Pretty much the same volume and the same intensity. Wednesday, you'd be looking at doing uh, pretty much a normal class, so two parts, um, some sort of strength work and some conditioning. You just want to be kind of aware that anything that you do on Wednesday is not going to cause any sort of long-term DOMS, so delayed muscle onset. And so with that, we're looking at like, probably don't want to do massive high volume squatting, probably don't want to be maxing out or anything like that. Okay, So you, you still want to move, but probably not at anything that's going to cause a delayed effect. Now, Thursday for a lot of people is rest day. And so this is when getting some good recovery in is going to be extremely valuable. Um, I like the rest day period for like the Thursday rest day for two things because it's going to help you get recovered and feel good. But it's also kind of the time where the switch gets flipped and you start to get mentally in the zone. And so some of the recovery things that you could be looking to do on um, the Thursday would be things like just a full body stretch, like some sort of yoga style session, um, hot colds, massage, physio, if you need treatment, any of that type of stuff. But as it's two days before a calm, it's not the time to be introducing new things. You just want to use things that are tried and true to you that you know work for you. So if you've never done it, don't go try out acupuncture or some new masseuse or something like that just keep it simple keep it to things that you've done before that you know work and so like the basic most standard stuff um, is just tried and true that works really well is stretching and jumping on the bike a bike for 15 to 20 minutes um, to kind of flush your legs and it's super effective and it's going to tickle the boxes for what you need but, yeah, getting physio and things like that, if you do need it for any aches and pains, then highly advisable. Now, Friday, the day before the event. Um, this is where we still want to keep the lungs open. So if you can get into the gym doing something like a, a light barbell Imam, um, and I spoke to Calum about this, and we will post this out for anyone that's doing nationals. But something like a 10 minute EMOM of sort of three clean and jerks at a lightweight for you, so like 50, 35, somewhere around there, um, followed by a conditioning piece of like machine work, for example, like 20, 15, 10, 5 uh, calories on the bike and roller, and it doesn't need to be fast. Just general moving, should get sweaty, lungs should get open, and you're just keeping yourself primed for what's coming over the weekend. If you don't have the opportunity to get into the gym, you could do like some sort of bodyweight version of um, that as well, where like, for example, um, maybe burpees without a press up and air squats. Um, and so that you're just moving, getting a bit sweaty, keeping the lungs open. And so that there is just going to keep yourself primed for the competition coming up the next day. You're going to be mobile because you would have warmed up and you're going to be feeling good. Um, when competing as a team and staying together. Uh, and when we were doing this uh, during like our games um, seasons, we had a bit of a ritual that the night before you'd all have dinner together and then have a stretch together before to go to bed. Before you go to bed, it's just a really good opportunity to talk about the events that are coming up that next day. Um, kind of re going through the events, uh, your plans, that type of stuff. So as you can see, you're all you're training throughout the whole week, but your volume is just decreased. Um, and a few things to kind of consider for those of you that might be uh, panicking. Um, just a reminder, you're not going to get fitter this week. You're not going to get remarkably strong this week. You're just keeping yourself primed. The hard work is now done, and you have to trust that that hard work is done. For those of you that are worried about fatiguing and um, training too hard this week, you've gotta remember that you usually train hard all week and then hit comp training on a Saturday, sometimes a Sunday. So you're actually extremely conditioned to volume now. And so your body is actually gonna probably like the fact that you're still doing a lot of training. One thing that you have to be careful of, of training next week is do not rip your bloody hands. And so that means that being conservative on the rig, um, dropping off sets on your pull-ups and total bars sooner rather than later. Now, workouts are probably going to be gradually released over the week leading up to any event. And there's a couple school of thought schools of thought of how you should approach this. Should you test all the workouts on one hand? Or do you just kind of guess what you have to do? It's like, oh, because you don't want to fatigue yourself. You don't want to overdo it. Comp workouts are generally a bit harder. So there's a few things to weigh up and kind of and think about. And so I take it on a workout by workout basis um, to figure out whether or not you actually need to test any element. So when it comes to complicated workouts or strange things that you've never done before, or formats that you aren't sure how are gonna play out, then that's when it can actually be beneficial to test a workout, so that you can see how it's gonna play out. Because you've only got, if the workouts only come out the week of the comp, you don't really have time to necessarily do the whole thing, so you might only do a portion of it. Because remember, we don't wanna kill ourselves, and most of the time comp workouts sadistic comp uh, organizers like to make them extremely hard. So you will ruin yourself if you try to practice all the workouts, especially if you try to practice them multiple times, you're just going to fuck yourself up. So you have to be smart about it. And so breaking it into like sort of bite-sized bits of what the event is like so that you can, it can help you with your strategy. And that's what we're kind of looking at, particularly in these team workouts, like seeing who's going to be good pairs working together on certain things. Maybe it's trying to like just do a few sets of practicing synchro with a partner or something like that on a movement that you might not have done synchro before. Any of those types of things can be a good reason to practice some of the stuff. Now, if a skill comes up that you have a deficiency in, and to say something comes up um, that's announced, let's say it's deficit handstand press ups or pistols or something like that, doing a little bit of skill work on it is okay, but killing yourself with that skill is not necessarily a smart idea. Um, if you have it as a weakness already and Killing yourself doing it all week, you're probably going to be super fatigued and then not actually be able to pull off any of the um the workout that week. And so unfortunately, you just have to take it for what it is and do a bit of practice and then just send it on the day and hope that you can uh trust in all the hard work that you have put up into this point. And so that moves on to what can you do to prepare. for the best of your ability, kind of outside of the gym because you can't do everything in the gym um, because you need to stay to a certain degree a little bit fresher. And so you need to see what you can do outside of the gym to get yourself as prepared as possible. And that comes down to strategy talks. Now, championships can be won with good strategies. I've spoken about this before, and this is when the team with the best strategy might not not be the best athletes, but you can outperform better teams if you perform your strategy and execute your strategy well. And now when I say strategy, I don't mean one strategy, I actually mean three. So when we're preparing teams for events, depending on the workout, we'll usually have what we call a plan A, a plan B, and then a plan Z. Okay, so plan A, is what happens when everything runs smooth this is like the optimal you're like everything goes according to plan this is what we're going to do plan b is what happens what you revert to when plan a turns to shit which is extremely common and then plan z is what happens when shit hits the fan completely everything falls apart and you're in absolute damage control now When it comes to team competitions or partner comps, things like that, plan Z can actually help you get a top place finish. Now that sounds kind of strange because like if everything's fallen to crap and nothing's working, how can that get you a top place finish? Well, if shit's hitting the fan for your team, then chances are it's actually hitting the fan for lots of teams which means you can mitigate the downside and end up with a really good finish if you've got a strategy to be able to keep you moving. And so the amount of times that I've seen our teams, like when we've thought they've like absolutely cocked up a workout um, to only come out and like have a really high finish because they didn't give up and they were smart and composed. It's actually crazy. And that's like, where a lot of um, like really high placings have come from is because they just managed to mitigate that downside by having another option to go for. So what that could look like would be your plan A. This is like, okay, guys, we're going to be doing sets of 20 worm thrusters. um, And then we're going to be smashing our burpees as fast as we can. Say it's a worm thruster burpee workout. Horrible, horrible. And so plan A is something that will challenge your ability. And you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to try. I think I can I can do it. But then if that turns to crap, then you go, okay, cool. So rather than doing sets of 20, um, we'll drop down to sets of 10. So we'll do 10, we'll have a 10 second rest and then we'll pick the worm up and we'll go again for the next 10 and then we'll go into our burpees. So that's plan B. So you know that. Rather than you going out there trying to do 20 and then falling to crap and not having another plan to revert to, This is why having those two plans, because then you can go to the team, captain can yell out, we're going to plan B. And then everybody knows what that is. And maybe they just have to remind them, and he's like, sets of 10. Whoever the captain is shouts out what the next sets are. And then if that absolutely stuffs up, that's when you go, cool, okay, we're going to plan Z, and it's we're going down to fives, or something along those lines, whatever it might be for the particular workout that you're going to be going through. And you're just starting at the absolute optimal and then you're dropping down to whatever's going to keep you moving because that's what it is. And in these events, particularly the hard workouts that have like really, really tight time caps, like one or two reps can be the difference between like 10 places. And so having that plan to keep you going, even when you think you have no hope and hell of doing well is going to be so, so important. And with your overall plans for the strategies that you guys come up with for yourself um, in comp week, you have to be prepared to have those plans change. Fatigue is going to kick in over the course of the weekend. Potential injury, injury is going to occur. Um, some people might not be able to perform their their role that they were known for. Maybe the strong guy in your team uh, has a niggle that he can't lift as well. Um I've been at comps and nationals even where they just completely change the program. Like they announce one workout and then for some reason they might not have enough equipment or something. And so they just change the program and it's completely different to what you might be expecting, but you just have to roll with the punches and take it with it, take it as it comes like that type of stuff, like the injuries and the program changing that, type of things or the equipment being different that's not in your control so getting super worked up about it is just a waste of um, unnecessary energy so be fluid with your plans it's an that's an extremely valuable skill now once you've got your plans in place you've done your recovery you've done your prep for the week the next thing to think about is your nutrition and so with this Write yourself a menu, nominate responsibility. Who's doing the food shop? What are we doing for lunches? Um, What are our meals at the event? Please, for the love of Rich Froning, do not eat stadium food. I will wring your neck if I see you doing that. I'm allowed to eat it as a coach, but you guys should not be eating food that's from the stadium because it's just a sign that you are not prepared for what you have signed up for. Now you've worked hard, don't be lazy, get your food ready. Okay, so now some of you might um, and I know you guys, some of you have said this to me before, that you don't like eating during a comp. And so I recommend that pre-comp that you guys stack up on your liquid calories. Um you, you over a two-day comp, you need to be fueled going into day two. And so that's when your nutrition is. Is going to be the most important it's important on day one but most of that work is done on friday day two is where like if you've had good nutrition that's where you can once again surpass other teams because you've put in the little bits of work and so that means fueling yourself after every single event in some form or another whether that be a protein shake or getting some liquid carbs in Um, My favorite liquid carbs are baby food, those little squeezy sachets. You've probably seen a few of the um, more experienced athletes eat them during our um, longer training sessions. They're just a really good way of just replenishing yourself. Um, Protein shakes are another just essential one. Um, You can get stuff like Replace, uh, which is a carb drink, um, and that's going to help you um, replenish. It's not going to be enough to completely sustain you, but it's definitely going to help. And so getting all that stuff, Don't wait to get that on Saturday morning, get that sometime during the week so that you've got it ready, you are sorted before you leave, ready to go. On comp day, remember your nutrition should primarily consist of protein and carbs with minimal fats. And so um, nuts and stuff like that are not a great fuel source unless you're completely fat adapted. And the final thing to prep is really just your equipment. So um, making sure that you've actually got all of your shit, like your belts, your tapes, your ropes, your grips, and that it's all in good working condition. Um, This is something that you're 100% responsible for yourself and that you've got 100% control of. So making sure that you're ready in that department. And then that only leaves your mental prep. And so the physical work, as I mentioned earlier, it's largely done. You've completed your training. Um, Now it's up to you to get your head in the right space so that you can execute on all the hard work that you've been putting in the last few months. And so I once again, recommend that you go through and listen to um, the session that I've done on achieving flow um, because in that session, I dive into talking about visualization and a couple different versions. I'm a massive believer in using visualization before a big event um, to help you prepare mentally for what's about to come. It does not guarantee success. It just greatly increases the chances that you will succeed. And so in a nutshell, the two types of visualization I like um, athletes to use is the movie version. So watching a movie of you and yourself and your team competing, watching yourself do everything that you want to see yourself do. And this is really, really powerful once those workouts come out. And then the in-body experience of what of actually doing the event. What is it? What do you see when you're going through that event? And Adding all those other factors, like when you finish the workout, visualizing how that's going to feel, um, like how like happy you're going to be, the celebration, all of that type of stuff, makes it really powerful and makes it a much more vivid experience. So go back, watch the session, listen to the session on visualization and creating flow, because that's going to be a great tool for you guys to use leading into a big call. So here's your checklist. Remember that you're not going to get fitter this week. Also remember that you're not going to ruin yourself by training. Follow the sweet spot, find the sweet spot by following our prescription. Do your recovery work. Make a time to meet with your team and coach and do a bit of a strategy session. Get your plan A, your plan B, your plan Z. Have your nutrition plan sorted out. Double check your equipment and mentally prepare. You've done the work. Now you've got to remind yourself that you deserve to succeed. And for those of you that do get anxious about competing, because I, as I said myself, I get a lot of competition anxiety. Remember, this is meant to be fun. And whatever happens, happens. Nothing is never as bad or as good as it seems. So just chill.